Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. J-Mac will not be on today's episode. Um, he's a little bit caught up and busy, but today we got a good episode uh, planned out for you guys. We are going to be going over our Broncos stock up, stock down, which players have risen and uh, which players have fell. Um, after the preseason opener against the Arizona Cardinals, I'm super excited to discuss all these players and which ones we think are kind of rising up the depth chart and uh, what some players are potentially not making the roster or some players that have just really disappointed as starters and depth players um, in that preseason loss. So um, let's go ahead and jump into all that. But Jordan, um, how are you doing today, brother? Doing good. Can't wait to get this uh, episode started. We got some good players uh, stock up and stock down. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and um, go ahead and start off uh, with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, my stock up um, and then we'll kind of just bounce back and uh, back and forth between each other. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with Lloyd Cushaberry. We already talked about him a little bit in our uh, you know immediate reactions after the game in that episode. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, really good episode. We're, we were just kind of, you know, letting our, you know, raw emotions and reactions to the game kind of go out so make sure you guys check out our latest episode reacting to the um the preseason loss but um Lloyd Cushenberry man he's a instantly stock up and I know he's a starter and it doesn't make sense to really put him as a stock up but I don't know I feel like with um the competition this offseason and him having a really good game um him uh obviously holding a really, really, really uh, well in pass protection, um, not letting down as opposed to other players that kind of struggled on the line. You often see, you know, certain offensive linemen kind of get dragged down with that. But I don't know. He held his own. Um, he did. He did exceptionally well, um, I thought. Um, so I definitely think you got to put him as uh, instantly uh, one of the stock ups, um, especially with him. This being his uh, his contract year as well. That hasn't been nearly talked about enough uh, next offseason. He will be a free agent. So um, he's going to need to play any opportunity that he gets. He's going to need to play uh, his tail off and he's going to need to be um, easily one of the best centers. Um, you know, obviously the best center on this team and then one of the better centers uh, in the league if he wants to get a good payday with the market. So um, Lloyd Cushenberry, a hell of a job on Friday night, and he's instantly my number one on my Broncos stock up. Yeah, and to your point, uh, his pass block uh, grading from uh, PFF, he was the second best offensive lineman for pass block. And whenever I do bring up these PFF grades, uh, I hope uh, fans and people understand, just take it as a like baseline. Don't take it for certain. These grades are sometimes inconsistent, but it does show you that Lloyd Cushenberry did improve drastically with his pass blocking, at least in the first game. So, yeah, to your point, he looked much improved uh, on Friday night and uh, was uh, pretty good, and he for sure deserves to be up uh, in the stocks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you want to go ahead and give us your uh, number two stock up um, as we go ahead and uh, move through this list? Yeah, I think there's a pretty simple one. It has to be Jaleel McLaughlin. I mean, he played a heck of a game Friday night, um, also rated as the best running back uh, that night. Um, both sides uh, against the Cardinals. And, uh, man, he just looked really good. I mean, just running the ball. I mean, I he had his woes during pass blocking a bit. Uh, but still, running the ball, even catching the ball out of the backfield, I think he looked very explosive. And yeah. the, the hype was real from a training camp. 
Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. Because the one thing about, you know, McLaughlin's performance is it wasn't just like in the first quarter or second quarter. No, it was in the the final moments of the game where the Broncos were tied and he scored the go-ahead touchdown. But ultimately, they could not win the game um, due to uh, some defensive woes. But um, I, I don't know. I just thought that he did really, really well on that what should have been game-winning drive on that reception, yeah. 12 yards, really clutch, had some good runs as well. Um, some run blocking definitely helped them out there, but um, I don't know. At five foot seven, one eighty-seven, um, the explosiveness that he's had, what he's done in between tackles, it's quite remarkable what he was able to do in that preseason opener. And then obviously you got the big reason putting him at stock up is he looked better than Tyler Beatty, he looked better than Tony Jones Jr., and he looked like our best running back of the night. Besides, I would argue Samaj P. Ryan, um, yeah. but still stat wise, I don't know. He just did really, really well. Um, in the in the snaps that he got, and it's only going to get increased from uh, here on out. And um, I don't know. I'm a big Tyler Beatty guy, but it's looking like he's going to make the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think that third string spot is up right now to for grabs. And I think McLaughlin right now has the edge, just in my personal opinion. But I would not be worried about that spot because Sean Payne knows what he's doing, especially with the running backs. So I'll be comfortable with whoever he puts out there. But McLaughlin does look damn good. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on with my uh, second stock up. Um, this is a guy that caught a lot of traction yesterday um, via a few clips on Twitter. Um, and he just, man, he had a really quietly good uh really quietly good game with the starters uh, in that preseason opener. It's tight end Adam Trotman, who the Broncos acquired in the draft um, from trading down in the sixth round. Look, this guy is a hell of a, a blocker, both in the run and pass game, but especially the run game. Just absolutely picking up literal like two blocks in one play and one play um just helping kind of being a six offensive lineman being able to have him and um chris manders on the same team is essentially like a cheat code for your run game um i, I feel like he just did a hell of a job um two catches 18 yards and a limited uh snap count um he there's just like not much more else you could say. He just jumps out in both the pass and run game. Can really do both of you. Skill blocker. Um, he just makes things a lot more, you know, easier for Sean Payne to be kind of innovative in what he does with his run designs. Um, and I feel like he's having him in front of Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan this upcoming season. This is a big reason why Sean Payne has him uh, as a starting tight end on the depth chart. Yeah, he was one of my guys for uh, stocks up too. I mean, he played. I, th- I honestly thought he played a really good game. That Twitter clip that you mentioned really showed why he uh, got the starting job for the tight ends as of right now for the for the depth chart. And I think a lot of people were kind of skeptical on, oh, why isn't Dulcich the first tight end? Well, that clip, I think, explains it all. I mean, that was a really good rep from him. Um, and also, I don't think we should be worried too much about Greg Dulcich. I think he's only going to get better, especially learning from Trotman and how to block and stuff like that. But Adam Trotman, man, he looked really good. I'm actually happy he's our first string tight end as of right now because he can he can catch the ball. I mean, he's not no scrub in the passing game either. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy uh, he's our first string tight end right now. And again, Greg Dulcich is only going to get better from learning from him and that tight end room. Yeah, Adam Trumman has some really, really nice catches in camp, I thought. And um, you're kind of seeing it in preseason. He just honestly kind of an underrated route runner i would say um gets open in the receiving game um he, he just does all the dirty work that's kind of what you like in guys like him and chris Mannard. so um having the, the the pair of him of those guys behind um greg dulcich that's going to pay dividends for the broncos this year yeah no, i agree i mean again trotman 
if any if nobody has looked at that clip yet on Twitter, we highly suggest you do because it is a very good clip, very good rep, and it can actually explain to you why he gets the nod over dosage and why he would actually be a big part of this offense going forward. One of my guys for stock up, stock down, I'm going to go with a stock up on the defensive side of the ball. It has to be no other than Nick Benito. He looked awesome out there. Everyone saw the improvements at how he looked, especially from last year's preseason to now. He just looked different. He looked explosive out of the line, looked very good. According to PFF, he was the highest graded defensive player out there. And I cannot agree more. He looked just amazing out there. And what are your thoughts about Nick Benito? I, I thought he looked really, really good. Uh, we said in our last episode, he was getting pressure often. Um, I even said I thought he was our best pass rusher on the field um, yep. in that preseason opener. Um, like you said, he was one of our highest PFF graded players uh, that came out this morning, and that shows why um, he – Obviously, he was not. He's not one of those. And he even said it himself. He's not one of those guys to really like set the edge. But he's one of those guys that's going to be used, uh, utilized with his strengths by Vance Joseph and um, generating a lot of buzz in training camp. It's pretty uh, obvious um, that you know being able to translate that from training camp to preseason, um, you know, a sophomore leap for him in his NFL career could be very, very uh, within real possibility. So um, I liked a lot what I saw from him. He had half a sack um, with you know Matt Henningsen. Um, he he wasn't like jumping off by any means, jumping off your screen by any means. But at the same time, he was like one of the first guys off the line. Um, he was getting a little bit uh, close to you know m m many sacks. So um, I thought Nick Benito looked really really good. Um, and he's definitely one of those guys you got to do a stock up because you have your, your starters are Frank Clark and um, Randy Gregory, and then you got guys like Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper right there uh, behind them waiting to you know. Uh, make a big impact. So having a guy like Nick Benito, who you had a lot of, you know, worry about last year, he's showing you a lot to be more, you know, um, confident in him going in year two. So um, those spe these, these speed rushers and Vance Joseph's uh, system, and then it's not even, you know, the same, I know um, some people mentioned this on Twitter. It's not, it's not going to be Vance Joseph's scheme. It's going to be what they kind of um, are, you know, continuing from, you know, uh, zero Evero system last year. So I think Nick Benito getting that continuity, and then making the jump from year one to year two, getting a, have a really good camp and then a really good preseason opener with the starters. Um, he could definitely work himself well, uh, well into the rotation uh, this upcoming season. Um, so my next uh, stock up player I want to go over is um, quarterback Jaquan McMillan, who I just can't say an, any enough good things about uh, this offseason. Talked about it plenty enough uh, this offseason in terms of just being a really good uh, shining uh, corner in uh, camp. Um, I thought he looked really, really good in camp and like coverage, but then in the game, just tackling, getting to his DBs, um, not letting them get anywhere past him. Just hit, You could literally see on that sack that he had, um, his, his pursuit, his speed, athleticism, um, just things that are really all stand out. Uh, with the young Jaquan McMillan. So um, I think he, the versatility he brings as well. He's going to be a big uh, player in the secondary for the Broncos. Yeah, and actually, if you want to guess who was the best tackler on the field, both like, for the Cardinals and the Broncos, it was rated that Jaquan McMillan was the best. Uh, he had an 80.8 uh, grade there. He was a top five player on the defense as well. I mean, this guy is going to be a stud. He's only going to learn again. Same thing with Dulcich and Adam Trotman with that learning system right there. He's only going to learn from guys like Kwan Williams and then Pastor Tan. He's only going to get better. I like this group a lot. 
and uh, Jaquan McMillan continuing his great offseason and training camp, and now it's leading into the preseason. Yeah, I'm just I'm just such a fan of Jaquan McMillan. He's beca- quickly became one of my favorite players this offseason. Um, so we'll see how he looks in regular season action. This was kind of a good look of how it looked, how he will look in that, you know, with starters against starters against the Cardinals. Um, so I liked a lot what I saw from him, just being very aggressive with his tackling. Um, that seemed like it was an issue with a few other players. So it was kind of reassuring yeah. to see McMillan uh, kind of step up and be able to make those tackles, even at such a small uh, frame. So it seems like some of these other guys should take notes from uh, the second-year corner, Jaquan McMillan. Again, I agree with what you said. And actually, to pivot now, I'll be going with my stock down, guys. I'll actually stay in that position group as well. Tremont Smith... Did not have a great game on Friday, and I would have to put him in that list of going down in the stocks. I mean, I think everyone could tell that he did not have a great game. I think he would even tell you he didn't have a great game. Um, not good in coverage, not good just all around the board, and I would like to hear your thoughts on about it. Yeah, he's just been like not even the preseason opener. He's been a stock down player like the entire offseason, um, and more so I would say for his usage because we – we can talk about this multiple times on the pod. It's just like not using him at returner, then having like inconsistent, I, I want to say inconsistent practices because he's had some really good one-on-ones and he's looked nice in team uh, periods. Um, he has had a few plays where it's kind of not the best, but then you get to the preseason and he's definitely a stock down player because um, like J-Max said, if he's not being good, great in the secondary as even like a fifth, sixth string corner, wherever he is, then what does he really bring to the team besides, you know, just being a special teams coverage player? It's like you can't be paying him two and a half million annually to do that. So it's with him. It's really interesting. Um, I don't know, because like J-Max thinks he might get cut. That seems wild to me because they have they clearly have some kind of plan for him like Jordan, can you somehow make this make sense by any means? Because obviously he's our stock down player, but like, wh- how can Tremont Smith prove himself um, even with not getting any kind of special teams uh, reps at returner? How can he kind of prove himself to be worth that $5 million contract? I mean, I can't make sense of it. I think J-Mac made a great point on the post-game show. I mean, that if he's not being used in the special teams department and if he's playing this poorly on defense, I mean – but what's his job? What's his role on the team, right? And we're not just being harsh. I mean, it's just the truth, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of money to go to a player that's not producing the way he should be, right? And yeah. we know he can produce because he's done it before, at least at least in special teams that we've seen. But to not get any reps on special teams and to play poorly, especially on coverage-wise, he was our literally our worst coverage uh, defensive back uh, rated on PFF alongside a uh, Sang uh, Bassi, which I'll get to later. But yeah, if he has no job and no role on special teams and then not covering well uh, on defense, I have no idea. Yeah, Tremont Smith, I want to say... I want to see the, the next two uh, preseason games, see how he kind of looks, see if he bounced back. Because at the end of the day, the corner position is like the most inconsistent because like you really could 
the wide receiver position just growing and growing, growing. So is the route trees and offenses and passing games. So it is becoming a lot more difficult for corners. And that's why it's just much harder to find like elite corners. And they're just much more valuable because of that. Um, so I want to see how he looks in the next two games. Um, I just really hope they would give him some return reps, see how he looks. The Broncos could use more competition there. They really could. I mean, they were trotting out, you know, Taylor Grimes, even Jalil McLaughlin. So um, it seems like that they don't have a vision for him there. Um, but we'll see how he looks in these next two preseason games. Um, the next I'm going to go with is uh, the obvious uh, Garrett Bowles. Um, I thought his performance against Dennis Gardick was definitely one that I do not want to watch back um, in pass pro. He just didn't look like the best out there um, in run blocking. He didn't look too awful. Um, but just in pass pro that you can't be, um, I said in our last episode, you can't be letting up that much pressure to Russell Wilson's blind side at left tackle. So, um, there's going to be a lot, to, a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, when the next, in the following, uh, camp practices as the Broncos wrap up uh, training camp this upcoming week. And then the last two preseason games, we'll see how much, uh, Sean Payton decides to put the starters out there. Um, I don't think it'll be more than just one more game, but um, we'll see how Garrett Bowles looks uh, recovering from this broken leg. Yeah, Garrett Bowles, pass blocking-wise, did not look great at all. Um, and talking about before with PFF and the inconsistent grades, he was rated like a top three uh, offensive player in the grade system. But I think that's more towards the run block because they did have him high as the run blocking grade. Uh, he was actually the second best uh, run blocker on the team, according to PFF. So that's probably why I got balanced out a bit. And mm -hmm. maybe I have to look back and see how he did in the run blocking uh, department. Because he, he's been pretty well uh, a few years ago uh, when in that department. But again, pass blocking wise, did not look great at all. We talked about it on the show. And man, he does qualify to be on that stock down. But I'm just hoping it's part of the field conditions in Arizona and also the getting that confidence back. I mean, it is it is um, good to see him getting that game, uh, being a good run blocker because you got guys like Ben Powers, who obviously an aid to that. And then you got guys like Quinn Miners, uh, Mike McGlinchey will be coming back. Um, so seeing run blocking like that is, um, you know, um, intriguing for this run game because you, you need that, uh, especially with those young guys competing for the jobs. Um, and then you got Tamaje Pirine, um, who needed we needed a good game out of to kind of be more, um, you know, encouraged going into the season, uh, with him having an increased workload. So, um, that's good to see from Garrett Bowles, but just pass pro, I think that's where everybody kind of freaked out. That's where, you know, we kind of freaked out in our last episode. Um, so he's got a lot of trade talk in the offseason. Um, so if it if this play continues to happen, this trade talk will definitely uh, continue to pick up a lot of steam heading into the trade deadline. I agree with everything you said. And to cap it off for me on the offensive side of the ball, I think the another obvious one on the offensive side would be Jarrett Stidham. Did not have a great game. Uh, easily one of our worst offensive players uh, graded on PFF. I think uh, going 5 for 15, the uh, interception, I did not look good. Just didn't have a great day overall. And uh, at least for me, I was expecting more out of him, especially in the preseason, getting a lot of snaps and controlling the offense a bit. Did not look good. Ben DiNucci actually looked a lot better than him. So it'd be interesting to see how that second string spot plays out. But as of right now, Stidham needs to pick it up. And hopefully uh, on Saturday, he has a much better game. Yeah, absolutely. Um 
he just looked like a lot different of a player from training camp um getting the ball out quickly and efficiently just didn't look like that guy in the preseason opener um i could tell he wanted to be that guy but i don't know if it was just receivers not getting open or he just kind of being hesitant with his decision making um and then when he did decide you know which passes he's going to throw it, the decision making was off so um that'll be needed to be corrected and um just Need a much better showing from Jared Sidham when your guy Ben DiNucci, who literally got set from the XFL and is making a lot less money than you, um, had a much more efficient game. I believe he only had like a, a few incompletions, maybe just one incompletion, something like that. Ben DiNucci, um, that's not a good look for you. That's making 10 million, like five and a half million guaranteed. So, um, want to see what Jared Sidham does this upcoming week. But honestly, I feel like I was thinking about this yesterday. A lot of people were freaking out probably a little, a little too much about Jared Stenham, I felt like. Um, I see instantly people on Twitter saying, oh, the crowd that was saying, you know, Stenham was outperforming Russ at camp. That that was always just like a, a rumor. That was never like an actual thing. But um, I thought Stenham actually did have a really good camp, though. People kind of trying to degrade that by his preseason opener. That's kind of lame in a sense. But um, I don't know. I feel like we're... I feel like um, Sidham was still like the right signing to make. Um, so we'll see how it looks in uh, week two. Yeah, again, I think he's, he, he should have a lot better showing, uh, especially against the Niners and the Rams to cap off our preseason. And uh, hopefully it was just like a a first game type jitter uh, thing with uh, Stidham and really first time going out there under Sean Payne's offense. Yeah. So I am expecting a lot better things uh, on Saturday night. Um, so my next talk down, we actually didn't talk about him in last episode. Uh, so this will be an interesting one is uh, outside linebacker, Chris Allen. Um, I felt like we, we talked about him a lot in our uh, predictions for, uh, you know, the, the starters. We had Sarah Banger on the show. Uh, we're predicting the uh, offensive and defensive uh, 53 man roster and kind of like seeing who are kind of like the dark horse candidates to make it. And I remember talking about Chris Allen a lot for the edge rushers and, um, I remember he was a name that often came up and he just like has not had a good camp. I feel like he struggled again and kind of pressure. And then it really translated to the, the preseason opener. I was kind of watching him on the bottom of my screen, number 45. And he, he just struggled to set the edge, kind of get any help in the run game. Um, I said it in my article that went up this morning on predominantly orange. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, I felt like he, he is really all his only chance to make it a pressure on the coaching staff at this point is just through special teams. He just kind of struggled in, um, you know, pass rushing, send the edge, like I said. Um, so Chris Allen, I don't know. This game kind of like was a really, really threw the wrench in him, not really making the roster, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you. I was actually one of those guys that had him making the 53 man roster as one of those back guys, uh, back end guys. Man, I was, again, really high on him, especially coming out of a. Uh, Alabama, you think he would have, you know, he obviously has some talent in him. It just needs to come out. And man, he just hasn't performed well, like you said. Training camp, now we see him the preseason a bit. I am really hoping he does have a better showing uh, on Saturday and then against the Rams uh, last week. But man, he really needs to pick it up if he wants to make this uh, even the practice squad. So we'll see. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, he, at this point, it's kind of sounds a little cruel to say, but he just practiced, he just, uh, competing for a spot on the practice squad. So um, yeah. Chris Allen, um, special teams will be a big, big thing for him the next two games. Um, so my 
last stock down of the day goes to running back Tony Jones Jr., who we talked talked about a little bit before the pod, um, who I feel like has just had like a kind of a bad offseason, if I'm being honest. Like OTAs, Cam, preseason, you're just not hearing anything about him. He had three carries for eight yards and a reception for five yards in that preseason opener. Like you're, we just need to see a lot more from these next two games or else he might not even be signed in the practice squad. Like it, it's gone to that point. Um, I mean, he might be, uh, he's definitely a candidate for the practice squad. That's obvious. But to me, he's a lock to not make the roster. In my opinion, it's just like, it's a two way show between Tyler Beatty, Jaleel McLaughlin and um, Tony Jones Jr. Just kind of lurking in the shadows. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he would actually be one of my other guys on the stock down again. Our worst graded running back, according to PFF, which tells you a lot, um, just didn't see enough out of him. And for my unofficial depth chart, he would be running back five. And then obviously, Jaleel McLaughlin would be moved up uh, to running back four. And then him kind of competing for that running back three spot with Tyler Beatty. I just don't see it within uh, Tony Jones Jr. I just don't know what the coaching staff sees in him, maybe. Uh, but maybe they are once they watch the tape and to see how he didn't perform up to their expectations, I guess that he did not play well. So we'll see. Um, is there any other players you want to leave uh, off on your stock down um, list for today? Uh, obviously fish, we uh, finished up the stock up. So is there any other players that kind of upset you or not upset you, but kind of disappointed you a little bit in the preseason opener? Uh, I wouldn't put any else, anybody else on the stock down. Maybe I can throw in like an Albert O just because you know, really during preseason, he should be the one balling out and really fighting for his spot uh, out there. But I want to put him in there now. If he doesn't play well or if he doesn't even stand out in the second preseason game, I would actually put him in there. But I just want to see more out of Albro. I think everyone would like to see more out, more out of Albro. Yeah, absolutely. He's just been one of those guys that have been outshined by Tommy Hudson multiple times at camp. And then, um, you know, Friday night, it was the Adam Trotman show. Um, you saw a little bit um, of, you know, some other tight ends as well. Um, I saw some, uh, you know, Nate Atkins in there as well, getting some blocks. He actually got one of the lead blocks on that Jaleel McLaughlin touchdown. Yeah. So um, it, it's just rough for him. Um, I think uh, it's pretty evident now that Albert O is not going to be fitting in this uh, this offensive scheme and he's going to be on his way out uh, following the uh, third the week three preseason game. So against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So um, that is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys, if you're listening on Spotify app podcast, leave a follow button. Uh, or hit the follow button, leave a five-star rating, turn on notifications out so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I um, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. Until the next episode, peace.